For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison. And, you know, joined by Reed Bacon this week again, uh, we got a good one for you. So we're going to tell you exactly what the three most important games of this season are. We have a little bit different opinion, me and Reed, but I think we got down to it. Uh, we're also going to go over John Terry, because I didn't get a chance to talk about him last week. And the new Kansas guy, and Reed shares his thoughts on the other transfer portal. Um, guys, so, going to be a great one. Let's start the show the game. Snap, the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no sir Reed. No sir Reed. Final score, Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught on Tennessee. all right so before we jump into the nitty-gritty of the podcast Got to shout out our presenting sponsor, Bet Online. So, you know, NBA still going on. NHL starting to get into the playoffs. A lot of stuff to bet on. Golf, everything. Uh, so, Bet Online is your place to go. It's got all the news, the stats, the odds, everything that you could think of. Um, it, I mean, it's the best place that you can bet. And everybody loves getting a little bit of cash on the side. So, Go over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device and sign up and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So helping you out just for signing up and it's free to sign up. So why not? Uh, so yeah, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, welcome in everybody. Uh, so super excited to have my co-host back with uh, Reed and... Uh, like I said in the intro, going to be breaking down the most important games for the Vols this year. But first, let's get into some of the transfers Reed didn't get to talk about last week. First off, Reed, how you doing? What's going on, buddy? feel like it's been forever since i seen your pretty face. I actually was just going to say the same thing. It does seem like we talk multiple times a week, and then not doing the podcast last week was kind of weird. <laughs> So, and then listening to you, I was like, yeah, it's kind of like it used to be. And then I was like, I heard you said I suck. So, you know, I basically quit. <laughs> I quit for a day. 
So I was like, I'm done with this loser. Reed was pretty upset with me. And then I went on and then I went on Sports Animal in Knoxville and didn't mention your name. And yeah. Oh yeah, I, I forgot about that. I, I thought he was I thought he was gonna have a mutiny uh on my hands, but I'm I'm glad you're still staying on. I appreciate you being here. Yeah. <laughs> I want a new contract. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, so I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, I want to jump in and have you talk about uh, Big John Terry. Um, I want to I want to hear what you think about Big DT, um, and then because you talked about all the other ones, and yeah. uh, and so I want to hear what you have to say about him, and then I'm going to jump in and talk about some of these transfers. Yeah, for sure. Um... So I am excited about DeJon Terry. The reason I'm excited about him, and I was I was looking up stuff in his past and everything, his first year of football was his senior year of high school. So that's the reason why this guy didn't have like a bunch of SEC offers. I mean, he's got the size for it, but he just got into football. And it was so funny. He actually got crossed up playing basketball, put on his ass and had an epiphany. and was like, what am I doing here? Like, why am I out in this court? I need to go play football. I didn't and, know that. That's funny. Did you see yeah. that online or something? Yeah, yeah. I saw it online. And his apparently his brother was like, bro, you need to play football. I don't know why you're not because, you know, he was 6'4", 350 playing yeah. basketball. Yeah. And he got crossed up and was like, yeah, what am I doing out here? I'm not getting any offers. Like, this isn't going to – this is fun, but nothing's right. going to come out of it. Right. So he went and played football first year was senior year of high school. So he's played three total years of football. So he's so raw. It almost like reminds me of what it like you watch a great show or great movie and you almost go like, I wish I could go back to when I didn't watch that. So I could watch it again and enjoy yeah. it for the first time. It's like, he's enjoying football for the first time as an adult. Right. You know, when right. we fell in love with football, I, you know, I started playing when I was eight. So yeah. it's like eight, nine, and 10 is when I fell in love with football. I can't imagine 18, 19, and 20 being when you fall in love with football. Um, yeah. I feel like that's just like a cool experience to have. And the fact that he, he came into Kansas at 370, he's lost 50 pounds. He's down to 320. He's very eager to learn, very eager to understand what's going on. And, as he's been there, he's gotten better and better and better. Was able to start two games last year. He only missed a game because of injury. So he would have played all nine, only played eight. But, uh, yeah, and I like the coaches rave about him. His D-line coach said, <clears throat> once you meet him, you just fall in love with the person. He's probably the guy that makes me coach him the hardest. I love mean, to hear else, that. Yeah, love to hear that. Want? What else do you want from a guy? Got the size got the work ethic, is ready to play. And, it, I mean, it just seems like a perfect fit. Now, just letting everybody know, I would still whoop his ass if I was oh. out there. But there you go. I do there like you. the addition. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, Yeah, it's funny. You talk about falling in love with football when you're younger. By the time we were his age, 17, 18, 19, we loved football games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we did we did maybe love the practice or the workouts and all that stuff. Um no, so he's uh I would say he's my favorite transfer that I'm excited about, but 
obviously I'm, I'm more excited about Jawan Mitchell for two reasons. Yeah. Because it's, he's a linebacker and we have to have linebacker help. Um, and I just, I, I think he's such a stud too. Um, and it just, yeah, I guess just the main reason is it's just a more of a, of a position of need, but, but so about, uh, John Terry, couple things like I love it because he's a defense tackle and you know, and I know I'm every time I'm always going to say, give me defensive line, give me offensive line, give me defensive line, give me offensive line. Always, 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 because that's where it starts. That's the most important. That's how you win football, especially in the SEC. So I went, I tried to look some highlights up on him. I read about him. I saw the stats and stuff. And I couldn't really find any highlights except for on his Twitter page. Well, first off, his Twitter picture, God looks great in that, like, sweated out, like, and it's kind of tied to him, the the dry fit. Buddy looks like he's really putting some work on his body, which people <laughs> – Reed, Reed's crushing on the big 320 fellow. No, you, well, you know me. Like, I love – I mean, I, I love the, the big the big Huskies. But, like, people don't understand how hard it is for some big guys to, like, lose weight like that. Like, people don't understand, like, he – I played with a lot of guys that if they could have gotten their weight in check, um, they could have been really good. But either they're just lazy or they don't – you know, so it wasn't – I was impressed when I saw that. Like, it was good to see that. And then he had some highlights uh, on his own thing. And, and I love that he put on there, hey, this is only year three for me, ever. Like you said, like he says that in his little thing. And the, one of the things I noticed about his highlights on his, on his uh, Twitter – was he's always getting fired up, and I love that. Like, he was always getting up, hitting somebody with the flex, like clapping, like getting pumped. Like, I love that crap. So, like, it was good to see that. Um, even if he doesn't come in right away and make an impact, who cares? He's got, like, he's got three or four years if he wants to be here. Plus, you said it on the other podcast, depth, depth, depth. Yeah. And I don't think we've had some good players. Um uh, sprinkled in the last couple of years but when they're playing 90 snaps a game bro that's so tough for defensive linemen so it's like say if we had to go into the year with some 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 you know not so good depth well elijah simmons and butler and tyler Barron and you know some of those other guys like they might not be as productive because they're they're sitting there gassed. Like you have to rotate these guys. And so yeah, like, it's all, it's also with the strength of our offense, it, it, it's going to make the defense tired with how fast our offense is going to be able to score, you know, scoring in a minute and a half. It, it, it's going to make the defense have to play that much more. It, that happened in 2012 when we had Bray and Derek and Justin Hunter and Michael Rivera and Zach Rogers and it was just up tempo, up tempo. We scored all the time. Our defense was worn out because right. they had to go back out in the field so fast. It, they never got a break because we would score in a minute. So that's something yeah. that this defense is going to have to worry about. And adding that depth is so, so important, like you said. It really is because, I mean, depth is so freaking important because I don't care how good you are, like – Let's say you and I go out on a football field, and and I'm a DN, and I'm rushing you at, at uh, left tackle. Well, you know, you by the end of the fourth quarter, you've sat there and you played, we'll say, seventy snaps, sixty snaps, whatever the case may be. And if I don't have a lot of depth, then I've probably played that much too. But what happens when I do have depth, 
and it's a big third down, and I've only rushed 45 times, and I'm coming in against you on your 78th play, 79th play, like, I have the advantage. I 100% have the advantage. Like, I, my legs should be more fresh. Like, I should be ready to go. Like, so depth is huge because it makes people better. Like, if, if we had to sit here and watch a game um, and we watched, you know, um, like I said, Tyler Barron, an edge guy, we'll just say him. Like, if I watched him and he was out there for 70-something, 80 plays, and then we watched another game and it was only maybe 55, 60, I guarantee he would have been more productive or more fresh or just more pop off. The, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, so I, I, I love it just for depth. Um, but, yeah, so those are the reasons, like, I love him, like, I love, I love the big boys, you know, hopefully keep some people off our linebackers, you know, hopefully hold the line of scrimmage. If you get in the backfield, great, but just hold the line of scrimmage. I like that he plays with some fire. I like that he's young and uh, you know, I love it for, for some depth. So now let yeah. me ask you this. Cause we talked about this. I mean, a while back when Hypel, excuse me, had gotten his like first two recruits, like three star guys in yeah. Elijah Herring and uh, Vincent Sneed. Yeah. And your thought process was, bro, that's not, it's like, it's not enough. Like we need, we need better talent. Cause I remember you saying that now it seems like Hypel has somehow figured out the plan of the transfer, like understands it completely, the transfer portal, because the amount of guys he's been able to bring in. And yeah. even even guys like Terry, where you have a guaranteed starter, like he's gonna. It's not. It's not like he's not starting, right? At where he's at. It's not like he's looking for playing time, like some of the other guys into the transfer portal. He's starting there. Jawan Mitchell is starting at Texas, so he's still able to bring those guys in. I, I mean, I'm very impressed with the fact that he's gotten so much talent out of this transfer portal. And in the meantime, also bringing in, you know, a Taven Jackson at quarterback with a 2022 class. So, yeah, the, I, recruiting, I the recruiting aspect of Hypo has been pretty, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm still worried about, I mean, I just, golly, I hate recruiting so freaking much because it, I just, you, you're forced to talk out of both sides of your mouth because it is so important. But then again, it's also so lame and like, I, let me just say this. Every time I'm on Twitter and someone's retweeted something and one of these high school kids that are like, yeah, blessed to receive my offer. I swear to you, I've seen at least probably four or five or six of them. They're like, blessed to receive my first SEC offer. Now, now I know this is for like the 2023 people that we're trying to jump on. So yeah. a lot of stuff can change. But like, we're the first to offer you an SEC offer, or like every time I click on their profile and see it's like three star, three star, three star, three star, like whatever. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah, they can bump up, but like, you have to get some legit dogs in here. Like, you know, and, and I don't want to jump into recruiting so much just yet. I want to mainly focus on the transfers, and we'll have plenty of time this summer to talk about the recruiting and stuff. But like, I don't know. It just, it just makes me a little bit nervous. But, but anyways. I am happy with what he's done in the transfer portal because of some of the talent that he's been able to bring in. So, yeah. I mean, I agree with you with the recruiting stuff. Like, I think that's one of the reasons why I've never been really good with names on the team because when it comes to recruiting, I never paid attention. Yeah. yeah. Like the recruiting classes, whatever's happening. It, even when I played, I didn't pay attention to who was coming in because 
I'll remember your name. I'll know your name when you show me something. I agree. That, that's I agree. how I thought when I was playing. When I was a, you know, redshirt junior, redshirt senior, and new guys came in, it was like, hey, I I might remember your name, maybe, but half of you will be gone. Yeah. In three years, so there's no point in remem- me remembering you. And show me something out in the field, and then I'll be like, oh. I know who that is. You know, what's it? What's it? Oh, that's John Kelly. Like, he's a very good running back. You know, I didn't didn't know him until I see him at practice and see how hard he runs. And then it's like, oh, I like this guy. Yeah. There's just no reason to get all fired up about Reed Bacon, the five star linebacker from Knoxville Catholic, (laughs) when when he, when he, when he shows up and he's, and he's, and he's a trash bag, whether he's just not that good or he doesn't work hard or whatever. Like, that's the thing that's so tough about recruiting. And like Mm -hmm. I said, Okay, but anyways, yeah, so I love DT. I love that. Um, Juwan Mitchell. So I reached out to my buddy who is a massive, massive Texas Longhorn fans, like big, big, big time. I promise you last year, no, yeah, last year, the year before that, and maybe honestly for three years now, I've watched more Texas than I have in my entire life um, because of him. And so we watch, and I'm going to tell you right now, when I heard the name Juwan Mitchell, I was like, it's, I hope he's number six. Because yeah. the two players that I remembered were number six, and then they had a linebacker number 45, which I think he just got drafted. But it was him, and I was like, dude, what I remember watching him, like, he's a player. Like, he's a good he's a good player. He's flying around. So I was, like, just relieved. I was like, thank you. We have a linebacker coming in. Give these other linebackers some help. Um you know, because the linebackers we have on on the roster, when you take our our guy who was going to maybe have to be number one and you can put him in at number two, huge difference. So, like, you know, um, and I'm not saying whether it's weak side or, or strong inside, you know, but I'm just saying, like, he doesn't have to be the number one guy. So, I love him. I love how he plays. I think he's a good, productive player. I think he's definitely going to be good for us. Um, everybody was – and I know – on Twitter and stuff, people are joking and have these accounts are all troll accounts, but people are like, I know they're joking, but I think hopefully some people aren't too serious. Like, Oh, wow. Getting him now we're going to be this much better and that much better. Like, I don't think him personally changes a win loss record. Just like I told you, I didn't think Henry T was going to change a win loss record one way or the other for us. So it's like, it is really such a team thing, but I love that he came in and what my Texas buddy told me, what he mentioned was, that the reason Juwan Mitchell left was because he got into it with the strength coach like two years ago. Now, I don't know exactly why, what it was. I don't know if he was being a punk, you know, college kid and the strength coach was just being a typical doucher strength coach or whatever, but he was going to quit the team. And it was Tom Herman that was like, no, 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 please. We need you stay, you know, come on. You're going to be a leader of this team. And then obviously he plays this year all the stuff happens. He's like, I just need a fresh start. Like, I'm getting out of here. Like, now, you know, the, when Herman got fired, the strength coach got fired too. But he just wanted, like, a, a fresh start, a restart. Um, so, I'm happy that he landed with us. And um, But I'm just saying, when I've watched the kid play, he's just, like, he's a good player. Like, he, yeah. he is. So, I was happy about him. Um, some of the other transfers, you hit it on the head with, um, with Caleb. Uh, Trimbley uh, from USC, like, yep. 
everybody was fired up when we first got him and he was a four star and all this. I went back and watched, looked at his stats. Like I'll be surprised. Like you said, if he's any more than a depth guy, which, Hey, I'm fine with that. Like come in, play your role, give us 12, 15 snaps a game. Maybe I, you know, I don't know. And just, um, you know, be productive when you come in as a sub, just don't make it super obvious that subs are in or whatever, yeah. you know, um, and just just play your role, um, you know. But I, I mean, like I said in the last one, like I, I think he has some hurdles to jump over where he's 270, which is too light to play three right. technique, and he's yeah. too slow to play DN, so he needs to put right. on weight. Right. And, you know, he has a good pass rest when he's one-on-one with a guard, but, like, taking on the double teams – uh, you know, just being a run stopper is stuff that he has to work on. Like you're not yeah. like he's not at the level of a starting SEC defensive tackle. He was a sub guy sometimes starting at USC, didn't get every snap at USC in the Pac-12. Right. So this right. is a different league. Different parameters are needed for you to be yeah. successful here. And I, I mean, I think the most important thing for him is to help other people around him because yeah. he is so, he's like a sixth year he's so much more knowledgeable I would guess than a lot of the other guys and being able to be like hey it's going to be better if I take on the center and the guard pull them with me and Juwan isn't blocked you know Juwan's a free runner at the running back right. and makes a tackle like that's going right. to be more productive than me trying to fight off this block yeah yeah well then so um, want to jump in Javante Payton, watch a little bit of him. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, it sketches me out a little bit because of like, I guess, you know, he went to, he went, you know, he, he came out of college and then he went back to Juco and then he went somewhere else and then he's going to be here, there and everywhere else. And now he's back here. So like, I'm fine with it. Like, hey, if he comes in and helps us, that stuff just kind of sketches me out when guys are like, three or four different places and their recruitment, this and their recruitment that, but I, yeah, you know, I, I mean, like, I, I get it. it. It, it's weird. It's yes. Like yeah. you don't, it, it's not a good look for him yes. or right. anything like that. But at the same time, in no way do I think if for, if he stays the rest of his career here, well, yeah, he has one more year, right? Or does I, he I guess. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know, but in no way, shape or form is he above uh, Jones jr. Or Hyatt. He's the third. Yeah. He's the third guy. So if yeah. the third best wide receiver is a little bit of a handful and leaves, or is like flaky, I'm not that upset about it. But if he can be there and be a productive part of the offense and can add depth, I'm excited. I, I, I'm yeah. happy. And I watched. I watched his game against LSU. Um, I saw some of it live when it, and then I watched a little bit of it again earlier this week. He made some. Really, he had one bad drop in that game. Yeah. But other times he made some really, really good plays. So, like, he looks like he can help us. I just, you know, we got, what, seven transfers? I wish five of them – I wish I wish four of them were linebackers. No, let me say. I wish three of them were linebackers and four of them were edge rushers. Or, <laughs> or give me give me three linebackers, three edge rushers, and, like, one, like, safety or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just – I'm not worried about receiver. But if he comes in and helps, great. Like, you know, that's good. And then lastly, the one I want to talk about, was obviously Joe Milton. And I know so many fans are excited about him. And I'll be honest, I have not gone back and watched any of his highlights or just any of the game film. Like I say game film, I don't actually have like the database, but you can go to YouTube and 
just watch a, a game. And like, like you said, he, and I've said this about Caden Salter. I've said about like, you know, all these other guys when they came in, like they have such a hill to climb, like you said, that they have to be head and shoulders above everybody else to get the starting nod. So if Joe Milton's our starter day one, like good for us, because that means he's a baller in Heifel's eyes. But I don't see, you know, I don't see that happening. I still think it's Hendon Hooker, Harrison Bailey, or or probably Maurer, you know. Yeah, yeah so, I agree. How, how, how do you feel about uh, Toto going to Alabama? Because you didn't get a chance to talk about that. I'm just so sick and – people like listening about it here, there, and everywhere else. Like, I don't know. I don't have mixed emotions. Like I don't really care if he's on our team anymore. And like the fact that he went to Bama, like, you know, he, he wants to go probably try to win a national championship. So good for him. And he's getting coached by the greatest college coach of all time, in my opinion, Nick Saban. So, you know, good on him. I mean, I get Tennessee fans being mad and I would be too. I, I think the biggest thing is like some of uh, some of his friends, like on the team, fans were getting mad that like some of his player or buddies, like ex-teammates, were like wishing him congrats and like go ball out and stuff. And like, I wouldn't have put that on social media, but say you and I are like really, really good friends. And we were, you know, really good buddies when we were playing together. So let's just say we're Knoxville Catholic. Our One of our biggest rivals is Webb. Like, if you go to web for whatever reason, I'm going to text you and be like, hey, bro, like, go ball out. Like, I'm still your friend. And when I see you, like, you know, I'd make a joke and be like, hey, when I see you pulling on a guard, like, I'm going to chop your knees off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, so you know, it's the same thing. Like, some of these guys, like, hey, like, go go ball out. Like, and that's how, that's how competitives are. I mean, that's how I am. Like, when I play a friend, like, when I'm playing against them, like, I don't like them at that time. Like, I want to beat you in – xbox or pick up hoops or whatever and then after that i can be all good but i know that just the ut fans don't like seeing that and i do agree with you like i don't want the kid to like get hurt or anything like that but i don't want to see him do well like he's going to you know a, a rival school like i hope yeah he beat Bama, yeah you know so but i don't know the whole situation is just i i see both sides of it but i'm just done talking about it and We'll see if he we'll see if he even starts or what happens. And I guess the only other thing that I had some people arguing with me about is they're like, all he had to do is stay here one more year, and then he could have easily been in the the NFL. And I was like, he's going to Bama. Like, even if he doesn't play, like they still get people drafted. Clemson, like uh, Bama, Ohio State, some of these big schools, like they still get guys drafted who are like rotational guys or or uh, don't play as much. And like he's getting coached by Nick Saban, so. If you want to go to the league and that's all that matters, well, yeah, you could have stayed here and been in the league. Or you can go get coached by Nick Saban, possibly win a national championship, and still go to the league. So, like, I just don't think people who are saying if he stayed at Tennessee had a better chance in the league. Like, no, it's the NFL. Like, if they think you're good enough, they're going to at least draft you and give you an opportunity. Yeah, but do you think think him being a backup this next year, maybe being a rotational player the year after – or starting for Tennessee this year and leading the defense and tackles, which scenario would you think he would get drafted higher? Because I would think it would be the Tennessee scenario. What if I mean, he goes out and put what if he goes out and puts a bunch of garbage on film at UT? What it doesn't matter. Like what if he comes? I don't care if he stayed and he had 106 tackles and three sacks and two interceptions. Like 
yeah, that sounds good, but we're not the ones breaking down his film. What if he's not taking on blocks well? What if he's not good in the open field? What if, you know, what if these NFL scouts are seeing stuff that they're not pumped about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, you know, I just – I think it's what he puts on film. And, bro, it's still Alabama. Like, it's Nick Saban. Like, he's going to get an opportunity in the NFL. That's all that matters. Like, he's going to get an opportunity in the NFL. And we don't know if he's going to start or not. Like, the kid's going to have a good shot to play a good amount or start down there. Um, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying he'll have a good chance at it because he is a good player. Yeah. So Disappeared you know. at times last year, but he's still a decent player. Um, yeah. Well, hell, I'm the one that I'm the one that was telling you you definitely didn't want to lose him. I was like, screw him, like whatever, like let's go. <laughs> yeah, well, I was so freaking concerned about the linebacker depth and the and the linebackers we had. I wanted him to stay. I know, I know. Um, anyways, well, that's all I have to say on the transfers. I love big uh, big DT. I'm fired up for him. If Joe Milton's our starting quarterback, that's awesome because that means he had an incredibly good camp and he's a baller and Hypo likes him. I just don't see it happening. Uh, Javante Payton, yeah, I like him. I think he's going to be pretty good, but I already trust our wide receivers. And so just give me all the Juwan Mitchells you got because that's our biggest need, and I think he's a ball player. All right, let's jump into – we're not breaking down the schedule, folks. We are going to play a little game. We're going to play <laughs> a little game. Not, last time we played a game, it was the biggest five things in the offseason, and I beat Kyler in that one. So I Oh, really? Okay. We should have put up I a just, poll to see if, I if just, you won. <laughs> yeah. I just, Dude, I, I got some good ones here. I've got some good ones here. And the reason I'm very confident in my arguing ability on this one is because I was just arguing with a bunch of my buddies on Xbox Live a couple nights ago <laughs> about, about, the ske- about the schedule. So, all right, we're each going to pick three games. We're going to start going from three, two to one. So three's obviously the third most important. Then we'll go to the second, and then we'll talk about the most important game of the year. And since it is your podcast and you are the star, then I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, go ahead there, Reed. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. If you know yours, you can go ahead and go first. Uh, um, yeah, so I guess number three, the third most important game in my eyes is South Carolina. And all right, all the right, reason why right. I say that with Shane Beamer being the first-year head coach, it, it's in the middle of the season. It's definitely going to be one of those games where it's we could win this or we could lose this. And you're as Hypel, you're going to be graded – versus another first-year coach. It is first-year coach versus first-year coach. It's always <clears throat> it's always seen as, like, you suck if you lose to the guy who's in the same boat as you. And South Carolina had their pick of the litter before us. You know, we got Hypo after. And, you know, they brought him from Oklahoma. It, it, it's, you know, they both coached at Oklahoma. I think that whole – dynamic of it and then also it's an sec east team it's a team that we have gone back and forth with um it's not one of those teams like the bama the georgia the florida where it's oh we got to get lucky to win those games it's it's one of those teams where we should beat them and when we don't it's a very bad year for us uh hence 2016 when we lost to them and it made us lose the SEC East. Um, I just think it's a very important game. I, I think it's going to matter for bowls. I think it's going to matter, you know, just being in that SEC hierarchy. And 
it's it's an SEC game that we can definitely win and show that Heifel was a good decision for us. One thing you didn't mention is it's a home game. And I think that I think that adds a little pressure to UT. Like we we went down there and beat them last year, so you should be able to beat them at home this year, which you didn't mention. But I, I think fans look at that type of stuff. South Carolina, South Carolina at at South Carolina, like yeah, it's a little bit more of a toss up, but Tennessee fans are like South Carolina and Nalen, oh, we should definitely win. So, you know. Yeah, I I I, I there is definitely a uh um advantage when you're playing in Neyland like it it makes a big difference I wouldn't say that the importance level is different when it's a home game or an away game I don't know bro I mean I get what you're saying like it's just important period but like the for optics wise like I don't think it looks great if we lose to South Carolina at home all right so for not number three I Golly, for me, I'll be honest, this is down to Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Vandy. And, <laughs> and all the, the whole skit, like, what are you talking about? Hey, can I talk? Can I finish? Yeah, sure. Can I, finish? Uh, yeah. I said it's between those because they're all the caliber of SEC East opponents that I'm hoping that we can't compete with this year. Yes. So, and 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 I'm not saying Ole Miss because, I, I mean, that, I like I was I like I was a close for my third. I I it was a close for my third. I like Heifel the fact that he's beaten Lane when they've played each other. You know, when they're in the same conference and stuff like that. But like, and I love the fact that it's at Nayland and it's going to be a great crowd and stuff like that. But like, bro, Kiffin's going to be circling that mug on his schedule and he's going to be ready to go and he's year two of his program. So, like, I don't think that was important. I think that's, like, if we win that game, like, kudos, like, good win type deal. So, I don't know how important that is. But I will – oh, gosh, this is tough. This is tough. This is tough. I – Where's your prep, Reed? No, 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 no. It doesn't matter <laughs> about my prep. Like, I just – I'm just – because I might have even changed, like – uh here here let me let me say this real quick this is why i'm thinking this at missouri i don't think we i I hate if we lose at missouri but the thing is it's away so like i would flop say if you had if you're missouri at home and south carolina away then i think you're supposed to win missouri and you potentially lose south carolina just because it's home and away because i think those teams are going to be probably pretty even you you get you get my logic you see i'm thinking there yes but so you're saying it's it's more important to have a home win than an away win? No, it's not more important. I think it's you you the the the, the fans and the coaches and the media like think that you should have a better chance to win at Nail than away. Does that yes. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So if you just take South Carolina and Missouri, then I think they're both a toss up. But when you have to play one at home or one away, I think it changes. So that's why I'm literally struggling with that, and I don't know what I want to go with. But you know what? I'm going on a I'm, – I'm, I'm changing course. Third biggest game – third biggest game, in my opinion, is at Kentucky. And you know why? And you know what? I might change this in a later podcast. But <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for two reasons. Looking at this schedule, it's going to be after a loss in Alabama and a bye week and a bye week. And so I think that is such an important game 
Because if we've gone through the middle of the season and we've taken some lumps and we've gotten our butt, you know, we got – say say if we lose to Ole Miss and then we lose pretty bad to Bama and then it's a bye week. Well, you know how it is. It's that, like, oct- end of October, early November, like, kind of lull, like, where we sit as a team. We're like, hey, we still want to make a bowl game. That's all we want. We want a bowl game. We want to get there. And it's like if we just got smashed, how does Heifel do after getting smashed to Bama and having an off week to get these guys ready and going up to Kentucky? Because Kentucky came in here and handed it to us last year because of Jaron Garitano, that loser. And so I think that's my third game. That's what I'm going with right now. That's the third most important game on the schedule next year. Okay. Even though, even though, even though I think Tennessee, I don't think I'm almost positive Tennessee would be underdogs in that game. Yes, that's def- definitely – they'll definitely be underdogs. With, you know, yeah. Kentucky's had some better years Stoops, recently. Stoops, yeah, Stoops, Stoops has done a good job. Is, yeah, he's done a good job. Um, I, I would agree. I, I, don't, I don't hate your pick. I like it a lot. I think games off of bye weeks are always so important and always – In my opinion, always, they're so important. So important because it shows what the coach is doing. Yeah, the optics of – is this a good coach is judged so harshly on games of two week preparation. So yes. Yes. I get that. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's actually one of the reasons why I couldn't stand Butch Jones, but anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So we'll move to the second most important game. And with my pick, this has nothing to do with the news that just came out earlier this week of it being moved up. But Bowling Green is the second most important game. And I say that because it's the first game. It is – here is what this team is going to be like. Here's what my offense looks like as a coach in Heupel. This is what you guys can look forward to in the future. You can finally see what kind of team I'm running – what these guys are good at, what our team is going to look like in the future. Like it just, it's your coming out party. Now it being moved from Saturday to Thursday does not matter. Okay. As a player, as a as player, a pl- as a player, it does not matter. It is no different than playing on a Saturday. The only difference is there's going to be a lot of people who don't want to go to class on Friday. That is literally the only difference. Um, but from an uh, optics standpoint, you're the only thing that's on on Thursday night. So everybody's going to be watching. Just regular college football fans who aren't even SEC fans, who aren't even Tennessee fans, will watch because, oh, football's back. This is going to be fun to watch. So it's just, it's just an important coming out party for Hypel and – that is what everyone is looking forward to. I mean, it's always the first game of the season, and he should definitely just blow them out of the water because it is Bowling Green. And if he doesn't, it'll look like, you know, the – what was it, Georgia Southern or Georgia State? Yeah. A couple of years ago with Butch, it'll look like the – No, not Appy, Butch, not Butch, not, not Butch. Oh, with Jeremy, it'll look like the Appy State with, with Butch. Butch. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh man, like I don't know. I <laughs> this team doesn't really look like it's uh, prepared. So that's when I felt. That's when I fell in love with Scott Satterfield as a coach. When he was, and when he, we were ranked like 
top 10 maybe. I don't know. If we had Hurd, Kamara, and, and Dobbs, and Scott Satterfield comes in here and just, I mean, out coaches Butch up and down the field. If it wasn't for just having better talent and better athletes, we would have lost that game. Yeah. So, but all right. So you said Bowling Green is your number two. My number two is the Pittsburgh Panthers. Okay. It's huge. It's important. It's a massive, massive game because in this first year, we have to get the games that we are either slightly favored or slight underdogs because there are games that I think are just not a good chance of us winning. The Floridas, the Bamas, the Georgias, I think even at an at Missouri or an at Kentucky, like those can be those can be pretty tough games for us. So I think Pittsburgh is huge, and I don't know if they have they have they announced any of the times for any of those games besides um, uh, besides Bowling Green. No, I just looked and they're all TBA. So I have a feeling. I got a feeling, and I hope. I hope. But I got a feeling that Pittsburgh game is going to maybe be an afternoon or night game, kind of like Bowling Green was. And it's that nice September night. Nalen's going to be packed. And I think it's just going to be a great atmosphere for the fans and for the players and for recruits because it's still early. It's still new. Hopefully we're coming off of a nice win of Bowling Green. This is a better competition. And I think it's so important. This is the game I was arguing my buddies with the other night on Xbox. I was like, I think this is going to be a – a toss-up game like this is a huge important game and like no no we should beat Pittsburgh it's Pittsburgh like we're the University of Tennessee we should be able to roll the ball out and always beat them I said guys I agree with that over the history of time but a Pittsburgh have they been watching have they been that's my point that's what I said I was like are you guys just trying to troll me are you being serious and like they had some troll in there but they were also being kind of serious I was like guys like you're the fans you're the reason like that we have to deal with firing a coach every three years, like, because it's like, oh, Pittsburgh, if you don't beat him. I said, let me remind you guys something. I said, we were going on, we were all in a car driving down for a bachelor party and we were going through the schedule. There was like seven of us in a car and we were going around talking about UT schedule that year. And it came to me in that car and I said, I bet we lose to BYU. And they're like, are you fucking serious? BYU? I said, bro, I said, I bet we lose to BYU. I have a funny feeling about it. I said, those guys are all 22, 23, 24-year-old grown men. They're going to come in. They're going to compete. They're going to play hard. They're going to be well coached. I said, if we win that game, I'll be very impressed, and I'll be very proud and very happy. I went to that game, and I was very impressed, and I was very happy, and I love what Pruitt was doing. He was running the ball at him. He was dink, you know, dink and dunk and run the ball, play action. We go into halftime, we're up. I think it's 21 to 10. We get the ball to start half. If we go down and get a field goal or a touchdown, we blow them out. It's a nice win. Jaron Garantano throws one of the worst picks I've seen. He throws it right to that linebacker. And we go to overtime. We end up losing the game. And they're like, Reed, we shouldn't have lost that game anyways. If Elante Taylor just stays deep. And da, 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 da. I said, guys, we still went to overtime with him too. And we lost in overtime. It wasn't like we lost on a Hail Mary. I was like, and I'm still right. If I predicted we lost the game and we lost the game, I'm right. It doesn't matter how it happened. Like, we still lost the game. So, that Pittsburgh game is my BYU game, and I just – I think it's a huge win uh, for UT if they do it. Like, I predicted to them that Tennessee could maybe, possibly, potentially be like a one- or two-point underdog at home, which I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. 
But that's why it's my second most important game. I think if you win that game, it is massive. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely helps. You know, if you win that game, you're probably going to have a undefeated record going to Florida. So a lot of confidence, you know, leading into SEC play, which is yeah. always really big. And like you said, years past that like second game where it's versus an opponent that's a power five team that's actually pretty good, you know, it's always a trendsetter for what the rest of the season is going to look like. Are you going to be able to compete with everybody else? Are you, you know, below the mid midline or are you above the midline? Like that's. Yeah. And, and they were talking about they're like, read Pittsburgh's garbage. I pulled right then and there. I pulled up my phone and looked at their schedule last year. I was like, guys, like they've had some pretty nice wins and they had some convincing wins. Yeah. They got blown out by Clemson, but who doesn't get blown out by Clemson? And yes, the ACC might not be that great, but, Bro, Tennessee ain't that great either right now. Like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. I was like, this is this is going to be a, a, a bit they, – they're going to come in. And I have no idea what Pittsburgh's lost. I have no idea what's coming back on that team. I have no idea about any of that stuff. But, like, they're still going to come in here, have a couple, you know, pretty good dudes. They're going to play hard. They're going to play well. And I'm just saying it's going to be a nice big win for Tennessee if we can get that win. Yeah. All right, your, your number one game. One more thing about the pit thing is, you know, Tennessee isn't necessarily where it's been in the past, but when teams come from out of conference and come to the SEC, it almost doesn't matter what team they play. But if they come and play Tennessee, they give it their best because we have the biggest stadium. We have such tradition and it's an opportunity for them to be like, hey, we beat a SEC team. Right. Even though we're not like upper echelon of Alabama's or Georgia's right now, it's still, hey, we beat a historic program in the SEC. So they're going to get the best. And they walk in, they get to go in and play in Dale and say, we went in there, beat Tennessee in Dale. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. Your, your first game. I really did think about Pitt a lot. It, it was it was on the tip of, of being one of these important games for me. But I, I on the tip of what? <laughs> like on the tip of my tongue, <laughs> like uh, like I wanted to put it into the list, but I didn't. Uh, so my most important game, and this probably has to do with the Cole Kublik interview and him talking about it, but South Alabama. I oh think, my gosh, that's such going, a fraud! What? No, dude, you just got absolutely owned by Cole Kublik. You are. <laughs> You are a product of the moment and of the interview. There is no way South Alabama is the number one most important game. No way. Listen, the reason why it's important is because of where it's located on the schedule and it being one of those games where if South Alabama plays well and they have Jake Bentley, they could give us a run for our money, which is very nerve-wracking. Like you said, with the pit thing, it's this isn't a guaranteed win. Like, we have to be playing well at that moment to win that game. I don't think South Alabama is a guaranteed win. It's not the same as Bowling Green and as Tennessee Tech. It's not a guaranteed win. It's also at the end of the season after we've probably lost either one of the – either South Carolina, Missouri, we've lost, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Florida – we probably have, uh, probably have lost Kentucky, and it's if we don't win this game, we're not going to be bowl eligible 
we're not going to be able to get to a bowl game and we have to win out the last two games of South Alabama and Vandy, this is going to be a very important game at the end of the season to determine are we going to be above that medium line that I said or below it? Are we going to be a five and seven team or are we going to be a six and six team? Oh my gosh. First off, let me start by saying I don't disagree with you. I feel like I see South Alabama that we played them in the past. They have like the white and red, little like Jaguar looking thing. Like they came in a couple years ago. And I think they played us tough. Yes. And I don't disagree with you that after all the by the end of that season, like have the fans checked out, have the players checked out, what injuries do we have? Can we make a bowl? All this different stuff. I get it. I get it. I get it. And I could totally see them coming here and competing their butts off and beating us. Or not, excuse me, excuse me, competing with us and like giving us a hard time. But it can't be the number one most important game. I, I just, there's no way that that's the most important game on the entire schedule. Like, I get your points you're making. But, like, that game is, like, that is one game that we, we're going to be favored to win. And Tennessee, that one is the one that my friends are talking about where we should be able to roll the ball out and win. Now, Tennessee is Tennessee, and there's a lot of upsets that happen, and we always play really bad against some of these teams. But that's not one that I even should – I shouldn't wake up that day and be nervous about losing. Like, let's go out here, let's handle business. It might be a little bit close. But if Hypo loses that game, that one's the one that I'm like, yeah, this is a little sketchy. Like this is a little sketchy unless something else happens. So, but, so, so, so you're saying on, it's it's very important for him to win that game. That's what you just said by saying it's very sketchy if he loses. Well, I mean, that's like me saying that it's very sketchy if he loses to Tennessee Tech, but Tennessee Tech's not the most important game of the schedule. No. So let me. Okay, I just I disagree because that is at least one that's not a toss up. That's one that we should win. And, like, I get it, like, bowl eligible, but it's not the most important. Like, it shouldn't even be top three, I don't think. Maybe, maybe the third one. Maybe you should have gone South Alabama, South Carolina, Bowling Green, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, okay. But anyways, my number one, and this is the correct answer, is Bowling Green is the most important game of the season. Like you said, because it is the first game of the season and all of us have been drinking the Kool-Aid. We're going to get fired up. We're going to get excited. We're drinking the Kool-Aid as much as we can. And it is a prime time Thursday night game. And all these fans that are like, oh, which I, I don't, I haven't heard much, but if they are pissed, then move to Thursday night. Screw them, bro. Like it's great for Tennessee to be on Thursday night. It's great. Like first off, the players are going to love it because it's going to be a primetime game. It's at night. It's under the lights. I wish it was on ESPN or ESPN2, but it's SEC Network, so whatever. We'll be competing with the other two or three games that are the first games of that college football season. But you get to see the big T. You get to see the big orange out there to start the 2021 football season. I want all the publicity we can get. I want to go out there. But with all that publicity, you have to play well. That's why it's important because if we go out there – and we look like a bunch of slaps, slappies, and we lose um, to Bowling Green at home, like, then people are going to back, we'll just fire him now type deal. And it's going to be a lot of bad publicity. And we all know we need all the good publicity we can get because this year is a big recruiting year for Hyper. 
So that's why it's the most important game. I love this on Thursday night. The players probably love it too because they're coming off camp and now everything gets jumped up a week. And you didn't mention this when we were talking on the phone the other night, but like playing on Thursday night, he's probably going to give them Friday and Saturday off. You know, like they're not going to get to like probably leave campus and stuff, but they'll let them relax and they'll get to be college kids and maybe watch some other games and just have a day or two off maybe. I don't know that for sure, but you go out and you get a big win. Like it's great morale for this team. You want to start on the right foot. I just can't say it enough. I love that it's on Thursday night. I love that all the eyes are going to be on us. And I just hope – I'm not even saying we have to kill them. Like, I just want us to win. And I just want to look well-coached. That's what I want. I want us to look well-coached and, and, and well-disciplined team. Yeah. I Bang. Mean, I mean, look, I put them as the number, the number two most important. So, I, I mean, I agree that it is a very important game. I just want you to, to – Argue my point of South Alabama, if we're to lose versus Bowling Green, but then beat Pitt, beat Tennessee Tech, make it close with Florida, beat Missouri, is anybody going to be looking back at the Bowling Green game going, well, he lost to Bowling Green? No, they're going to be like, well, he beat Pitt and he beat Missouri. Who gives a shit about the Bowling Green game? But if you lose to Bowling Green and then lose and lose and lose and lose, they're still – not going to look back and go, well, what about the Bowling Green game? It's, well, he lost to Pitt. He lost to, he lost to Missouri. He lost to South Carolina. Those, that's why I'm saying that one's not important. Now, you go the opposite way. Say we win Bowling Green, win Pitt, win Tennessee Tech, lose to Florida, win Missouri, lose to South Carolina, lose to Ole Miss, lose to Bama. Or, you know, and it gets to the point where – we need to beat South Alabama and Vandy to make a bowl game. We need to get to six wins to make a bowl game. That South Alabama game is very important to get to a bowl. It's very important for the entire view of Hypo. Can he actually do it? it? Can he get to a bowl game in his first year? In the other way, if we lose all those games, we lose to Pitt, uh, you know, we have two wins, three wins on the season going into South Alabama. It's still an important game because it's like, is this guy going to be able to stay here? If he loses to South Alabama, everyone's going to go, that's it. It's done. Like, we're out. Like, we can't do it anymore. He has to be out of here. We got to get another coach in. Da, 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 da. So, in both scenarios of how the season is going to play out, that game is going to be very important on the schedule. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm not disagree. Like, I guess it's – I mean, that's a good argument, and you made a good point, and I see where you're coming from. But, like, bro, he ain't get fired first year anyway, so he could go out and lose to South Alabama, and he's still not going to get fired. So, but I, I understand he's not going to get fired, but the perception of him is going to be I know. completely yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, perception yeah. of him will not be completely different with the first game of the season. The perception of him with the 11th game of the season with bowl game on the line will be changed depending on if he wins or loses. Now you're starting to think about what I'm saying. No, I've always agreed with you that it's an important game, but I just think that they should definitely win that game. Like, and I think, I think Bowling Green's more of a toss up than South Alabama. Like, no way. What? You think South Alabama's better than Bowling Green? Yes. So you would be more nervous if we were playing South Alabama first game of the year than Bowling Green first game of the year. Yes. Bro, you're just you're you're 
if you had never had that Cole Kubik interview, then like you wouldn't be saying this. <laughs> I mean, in no way, like in my thought process, when I played all of those teams that we played in my head, I was like, we're going to kick the crap out of them. Like, yeah, it's I a always, stat man game. like I always viewed it as that, like, I don't care if this isn't a conference team, if this isn't an Oklahoma or an SEC team, I'm not worried. Like I'm going to beat the crap out of these guys, but from an outsider looking in and what we've done over the past years, these are not games where it's roll the balls out anymore. And people need to get that through their head. I mean, you just scoffed at your friends for saying that about Pitt it's the same thing with these other ones. Not Tennessee Tech. I mean, but it's the same thing. Like, they're on the same plane where it's not roll the balls out anymore. This is not the same Tennessee as it was before. I, I don't disagree, but it's just uh, – let me think about it. I just can't say that South Alabama's most poor game of the year. I mean, that's insane to me. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. But, hey, you know what? Every one of them is important, and, and it's always the next one that's important because it's the next one. <laughs> exactly. So maybe that's why Bowling Green's the most important right now in your eyes because it's the next it's one. The next one, baby. All Can't right. get South Alabama until we play Bowling Green. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm done with this today. Uh, all right, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for watching, listening. Um, Rate and subscribe, please. You know, we're presented by Bet Online. They're the best. Uh, if you're betting on any sports games, definitely go to them. Um, follow us on social media uh, at Kyler Kerbison, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, at rbacon26 on Twitter for Reed. Um, like I said, rate and subscribe, like, tell all your friends, tell all your family, let them know where you get the best info, the best breakdown of. Tennessee stuff and the best arguments between friends. Um, but yeah, that, that's it today. And uh, as always, go balls. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.